0: Thanks for joining us on The Father's House Podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. Bible today, your iPad, your iPhone, your eyeballs. Let's look into the Word today and let's say this together. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for your presence. Even if we can't even understand anything that has to do with church, we certainly know that your presence is here today. You can do more in a second with your presence than what we could do in a lifetime of trying to coerce or persuade someone. So we just humbly come right now and say, may you be glorified today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to do what I can't do. You can bring life to the words that are here. Without you, I am absolutely nothing today, Holy Spirit, except I could just give a good talk we don't need more talks we need you to speak to us from your word and so we humble ourselves before you and say may you be exalted today in the precious name that is above every name and say that name with me jesus 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 well i got my favorite new tool that i'm carrying around it's called the easy button that was easy i I like that it just says that was easy don't you wish though that instead of maybe of an easy Button that we all had a reset button and we could just reset back towards relationships or to where we once were with the Lord. Wouldn't that be great if we could just, if we could just hit that button and say, man, I'd just like to take our relationship back what it was like when we first were married? Or when my relationship with the Lord, when I first invited him into my heart and my life. Remember what it was like when you first became a believer? How excited you were to get to church? How excited you were to read the word? Do you remember that? Anybody remember those days? And, and, and sometimes uh, we, don't, we don't feel that same passion. But wouldn't it be great if we could just hit a reset button and go back to how it was? What I want to share with you today, I promise you, are some things you don't have to look for next week for the results. But I want to share with you today some things you can do that will bring an immediate, say immediate, an immediate response into your relationship, an immediate improvement. Sometimes we say, well, if you do this over and over and over and over, you'll eventually get a result. But what I want to promise you today, what I want to give you today are some simple things that if you do these things, if you start today with some of these things, even one of these, you're going to see an immediate improvement in your relationship. Uh, what's the craziest thing that you ever did to show somebody how much that you love them? Remember when you were dating and you were pursuing uh, your spouse? Remember some of those crazy things? I know some of the things you can't share with anybody else, but some of those crazy things, you know, I, I wish we had time to say, uh, sh- share with me your craziest thing that you did. Maybe you, uh, maybe you drove four hours So that you could spend 45 minutes together or maybe you had $500 in your checking account and you knew that person loved a certain concert ticket and you emptied out your 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 uh, your uh, bank account to buy those tickets and you look back and you say man that was the craziest thing I ever did just to prove that that I love someone I was talking to somebody this week and I wouldn't mention names but it's Al my trainer and uh, (laughs) he said we were talking about some things, and he said, yeah, you know, when I, when I met, when I met uh, my wife, uh, what's her name? Uh, Danielle. <laughs> when I met Danielle, you know, a single mom, I wanted to really impress her and, and to pursue her and let her know that I was really interested in her. And he said, so I, I planned this bowling evening date with uh, she and, and the kids, if I get this whole story right. And he said, you know, of course, Al's a real competitor. And he said, you know, that macho Italian thing he's got. He's going to show her how to bowl, okay? So he said, we go there, and we take her to the bowling alley. And he said, all of a sudden, she goes in another room and comes out. And she's got a bowling bag, and she's got on this shirt, and these high heels, and got all these things. And it looks like she's the real deal, and the kids have got these. And he said, I'm just thinking, whoa, what, this is kind of weird, like, you know. So he said, we get up ready to bowl. And so she steps up there, and shoo, strike, shoo, strike, strike. So he said, hmm yeah and he said even the kids looks like it's going to go in the alley strike he said "Mm, I knew something was fishy she didn't tell me that her mom owned the bowling alley and she had (laughs) been bowling all of those years but he did one thing he pursued her even though she beat the snot out of him he pursued her but what is it for you what is that area where, where you, you, you just wanted to show and prove how much that you wanted that particular person? Isn't it true that we tend to do sometimes crazy things for people that we're pursuing? You ever thought about that? The truth is, by nature, we tend to pursue what we don't have, right? We, we, we tend to pursue what we don't have. But then conversely of that, the problem is, Once we have pursued and have conquered, then we get a little lazy. We no longer pursue. Some of you, complacent, that's a good word. Some of you did certain things when you first met your spouse or in the relationship that you're in as a friendship, and uh, you pursued that person. But I mean, it's been a long time since you've done anything like that. And some people say, well, you know, I... Why do I need to do something special? I told them 30 years ago that I loved them. If I changed my mind, I'd let them know, right? Uh, No. If we want to have that relationship, we've got to learn to pursue. I mean, think about this. Time out. Is there any other area in your life where you could get lazy about something and then figure that it's going to get better? Can you imagine at your job if tomorrow you just meander in whenever you want to? You know, you show up late. Well, I'm going to take a little a longer lunch today. In fact, I'm going to leave early. Now, you tell me that if you continue like that, your job is going to prosper? No, they're going to tell you, you need to find something else. Because we all know people like that. You work hard on your job, and they just barely get by, and they're lazy. And uh, so it, it happens like that. Or even even in exercising. You say, yeah, you know, we're going to start working out, we're going to do good, and, and maybe for a while you do, and then you get a little lazy. Well, we can't work out today, you know, I got this, got that, got something else. Maybe if I work out every three months, it'll all work out in itself, right? So when you get a little lazy, then there's no way that you can do that. So why in a marriage or in a relationship would we expect great romance, great passion, High-flying sex life if you're married, and we don't put anything into it. I mean, think about it. It doesn't work in any other area of your life. So why would you think that you would have a better marriage than what you have right now? Because you're really not putting anything into that marriage. So I'm going to challenge you today to learn how to hit the reset button and to do something Just a couple of things that will bring an immediate change in your relationship. Are you interested? Are you interested? So here's the first one. Uh, You can put this in your notes. There it is. You can fill this out in in the first one there. Here it is. Are you ready? This is deep. You ready for something deep? Pursue your spouse continually. Pursue your spouse continually. I mean, you did that once before. You ladies, you pursued him too. You know, and guys, you, you did the same thing. Then how long has it been since you've done that? And we said, oh, I want to change this. So, so this today, today, do something to pursue them. Let them know. I mean, guys, beat them to the car. Open up the door for them. And after they pass out, you can pick them up and help them to get inside. <laughs> because they remember when you used to open a door for them, right? They remember those things. You know, as you're walking out today, grab their hand and hold their hand. And then they'll wonder, what did he do last night? I don't know. What's going on? Or tell them, you know, hey, I love you. I love you more today than I loved you yesterday. So we pursue our spouse continually. Pursue her with words of affection. Come on, guys. Pursue your wife with words of affection. And ladies, pursue him with words of affirmation. We guys have a wounded ego, and we love it when you affirm us. You know, even when you lie to us, we like it, okay? You know, oh, my wonderful stud muffin. You look better today than you did when you fit into your military uniform. (laughs) You know she's lying, but it just makes you feel good. And I guess when we affirm one another, it's all right to what we think would be lying, but it's really not lying. It's words of, this is how I see you. Because you see, you can look at your spouse and you see them and they're down on themselves because they've gained a few or they've lost a little hair or, you know, gray and all that. And, and you, they just down on themselves. But you look at them and you say, you know what? You're more beautiful today. You're more handsome today than you've ever been in my life. I give you permission to do that right now if you're married to turn over there and say, you know what? I love you a whole lot more today than I did yesterday. Pursue your spouse continually. Genesis 2 and 24. Would you read this verse with me? It's there in your notes. Read it with me. Are you ready? This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Circle that word united. Circle that word united. It's the Hebrew word debak, and it means to cling, or here's the the other definition, the rootage of this. To catch by pursuit. To pursue hard with affection. So it says that as you, as you leave your father and mother, and that you are joined to his wife, and the two are united. Debak that doesn't sound like a really great word. But it says that the thing that unites you is that you have a passion to pursue each other. A passion to pursue each other. Let me show you how, how, that word, how that word pursue is used in Psalm 63 and 8. It talks about pursuing the Lord. And he says, with passion, I pursue and cling to you. Because I feel your grip on my life, I keep my soul close to your heart. In other words, it's saying, Lord, I want to pursue you passionately. That, that's the same word of, of united. Here's another one, Judges 20 and 45. Then they turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Ramon. And they cut down 5,000 of them on the highways. Then they pursued, there it is again, debauch. Then they pursued relentlessly, pursued relentlessly and killed the enemy. Pursued relentlessly. So are you pursuing relentlessly your relationship with the Lord? Remember last week I talked about priorities. Priority number one is what? God, right? Whom? Priority number two is our spouse. Priority number three is everything and everybody else. Ever write it right there. Somebody might say, well, you know, our marriage is just so-so. But when I look at Pastor Tim and and Brenda, oh, man, their marriage is great. You can just see the way she looks at him. You can just see the way that he looks over and smiles at her during worship. Uh, They just just got such a great, great, great marriage. Isn't it interesting how we look at somebody else and we say the grass is always greener there, right? That's greener. Well, what you don't know is how much that Pastor Tim waters that garden. The only thing in your garden that grows without taking care of it are weeds. Weeds. And you wonder, why don't I have a great marriage? Why don't we have a great relationship, a great dating relationship? You're not doing anything. You're just expecting, or maybe you're just always on the take. You're not pursuing. You're not doing your part of pursuing and, and building something. The problem is, not them but the problem is, we're not pursuing God. In Genesis 29, I reread that story this morning about 4 o'clock when the Lord woke me up. Somebody must be praying for me that the Lord would get me up and let me pray early. For about two weeks now, it's been 4.41. Today it was 4. Could you give me a break? <laughs> so, so this morning, I, I reread uh, uh, Genesis chapter 29. You know that story. Some of you know that story. It's a story of Jacob and Rachel. And if you don't know it, let me encourage you to go home and read it today. Remember, Jacob uh, uh, saw Rachel, and he fell in love with Rachel. And so he asked her father, Laban. He said, I would love to marry Rachel. I love her. She is, she is just so awesome. In fact, it's interesting how the, the Bible gives great detail. Sometimes people don't think this really matters. But the Bible says, this is what it says, Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. I looked at that this morning, I thought, why'd you put that in there? A beautiful figure. He said, you know. Isn't it? But don't you think that's interesting? And so he fell in love with her, not because she was such a meaningful individual, but initially he fell in love with her because she was beautiful and she had a nice figure. So I guess that doesn't hurt, right? So anyway, so so he says to Laban, I'd like to marry her, and Laban says, well, you don't have the money for the dowry, so here's what you have to do. You have to work seven years, no salary for seven years, to purchase this, this, my, my daughter in marriage. Jacob said, no problem. And, this, and the Bible, when I read it today, said he considered those seven years as nothing. Why? He was pursuing, he was pursuing the hottest lady that he'd ever seen in his life. So it came time for the marriage. They did marriage. It's a whole lot more different than what we have today. Marriage would go on about a, uh, uh, about a week. And uh, it was celebration after celebration. Open bar for everybody. It was really expensive. Cost a lot of money. And on the night of the wedding, they had a big bash. And Jacob drank too much. And he got totally smashed. So smashed that when he went to his tent, he, uh, it was dark. And he, when he went to his tent, then... His father-in-law, Laban, sent Leah. Now, Leah was the oldest. And the Bible says about Leah, uh, she had no spark in her eyes. So something was wrong with her eyes. So in other words, she wasn't a looker like Rachel. So, um, But he was drunk. You got to be careful when you get drunk. You might wake up the next morning with somebody that you didn't want to wake up with. All right? So he wakes up the next morning. And he looks over, and he sees, not Rachel, but he sees Leah, the one with no spark in her eye. And he goes, whoa! And so he looks at her, and she said, hi. (laughs) I'm sorry, we might have to cut that out, but anyway. (laughs) So he runs to Laban, he said, you tricked me. And he said, yeah, I tricked you. But it's our custom that you can't marry the younger daughter off until the older one isn't married. But he said, but I love Rachel. He said, I know you do. So here's what we'll do. After this week's celebration, I'll give you Rachel if you'll promise to work another seven years. And so he said, sure. Small thing. So at the end of that week, it wasn't seven years, and then he got Rachel. Reread the story. At the end of that wedding celebration, he was able to marry Rachel. And the scripture says that he worked seven more years. Listen, he worked seven more years for someone that he already had. But for seven years, he is pouring an investment and he is pursuing her even though she's already married to him. I'm just saying we need to begin pursuing even though it's somebody that we already have. Time out. Let me talk to you singles. Is the pursuit in your relationship equal, or are you the one that's putting forth all the effort? I'm going to tell you this. Some of you right now are in a relationship with someone who's not a believer, and they're not here with you today, and they won't come to church with you, but you're pursuing them because you say to me, but Pastor Terry, this is is the only hairy-legged guy that's paid me any attention in a year, so I I don't want to let him go. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to get in something that's going to be way over your head, and you're going to come crying and saying, I wish I hadn't have done that. Because you see, listen, if, if you're pursuing somebody more than they're pursuing you, after you get married, that pursuit always drops off, and you're going to get less than what you have right now. So don't get mad at me. Just thank God that the Holy Spirit can touch you with that right now where you are. So, pursue. So how do you pursue? Here it is. You ready? This is really deep right here. Point number two is so deep. Some of you will really struggle with this because you'll think, man, where did he get that? He must have prayed. It's probably four o'clock this morning when he got that. But here's the second point. This is deep, all right? Look at your neighbor and say, this is going to be deep. Are you ready? Here it is. Three words. Are you ready? Deep. Just do it. Just do it. Don't just have a warm thought or think, I should tell her I love you, love her. Well, do it. I should just write her a note. Do it. I should, I should surprise her and we get a little, have a little getaway this week. Then just do it. I should, I should wear his favorite outfit tonight. Just do it, right? <laughs> why, why just make it a thought? I don't know some of you kids, are, you had to throw up in your mouth a minute ago. Okay, but it's all right. <laughs> Seeing your mom and dad like that was just, just too much. Here's the next fill-in. To get what you've never had, you must do what you've never done. To get what you never had, you must do what you've never done. But here's the counterpart to that, and this is how it fits in with this teaching. To get what you once had, you must do what you once did to get what you once had, you got to do what you once did. Oh, but my wife, she's just she's just so cold anymore. My my husband, he just he 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 he, he never he, he never even says anything nice to me unless unless he wants to get to bed and, ha- and ha- have sex. And so I, you know, I just I just don't I just don't understand. And so I'm, I'm waiting for them to change. Why are you waiting for them to change? Why don't you be the change agent today and you begin to pursue you begin to pursue that relationship You begin to pursue that revelation 2 and 5 says so remember where you were before you fell Change your hearts. This is what Jesus is saying and do what you did at first He's saying to the church He said remember how it used to be remember how you love to come to church Remember how you used to worship how you used to dance in the spirit how you used to do remember that? He says, well, then get back to where it, where it is. But you see, what we've done all along, we said, well, you know, I, I know back then where I was with the Lord, but I've, I've compromised a little here, and I've compromised a little there, and I've compromised a little here, and it's okay because we're living in grace. But look at where you are today. When I said just a minute ago, remember how you used to be so in love with Jesus. All of a sudden, there was just something that touched your heart, because you can say the words, but you know your heart's not there, and the Holy Spirit is drawing you today. You say, "No, I'm, I'm in too deep. I'm in too deep. I, uh, I don't believe there's anything that we can get too deep into." that the way maker can't get along. And he can take a deep dive, and he can set you free. If you believe that today, give him a hand clap. Here's what James says. So if you know of an opportunity to do the right thing today, yet you refrain from doing it, you're guilty of what? So the idea comes, tell her you love her. And if you don't do it, you just sin, because there's a good thing. Send him a text, a little love note. And you don't, you just send. You committed to cherish, so why aren't you cherishing? Listen, I know, listen, you know what? Let me tell you every woman's dream. This is every woman's dream. For that man to grab you in his arms, throw you onto the bed, and let you sleep while you clean the house. I don't want you to feel guilty. I don't want you to sit here today and say that might work in somebody else's relationship but not in mine. I'm too much, too hard. I've hurt him or her too much. I believe there's a way that we can hit the reset button. Start again. Start again. We need to make deposits in each other's lives. You know, if you go to the ATM and you keep taking things out of the ATM and you never put money in, it gets to the time that it comes up and says what? Yeah, you know, insufficient funds, uh, thing is canceled, whatever. And not only that, but then if, uh, if you write a check and you don't have any money in there, then you got to pay the extra fees, right, to take care of all that. Some of us today, we've taken everything out of the marriage of ATM because you haven't been depositing anything. But the Lord is saying today, start today of making a deposit and see a difference. Here's number three, prioritize attending church. Prioritize attending church. The the priority of this will improve your relationship. Hebrews 10 says, let's think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect meeting together as some people, but encourage one another. It's really important. I know some of you have a rogue spouse. When I say a rogue spouse, that just means that they'll just do about anything you ask them to do, except when you ask them to come to church, they don't want to come to church. You know why? Because the enemy knows if they come to church... They can get, they'll get under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can do more in one second than what we can do in a lifetime. So I want to tell, tell you a secret. I want to tell you a secret that you can use. I want to tell you a bargaining chip that you can use. So they come up to you and say, I just saw this new boat. I'd sure like to buy this new boat. And you just say to them, okay, if we've got the money, buy it. But the only thing I'm gonna ask you to do is just one thing what is it boat do one thing I just want you to come church with me go to church for a couple of weeks or get this boat no no problem I'll, I'll come with you but then we don't know what the Holy Spirit will do after they get here hey babe it's my stud muffin I'd like to buy this dress here these shoes and, and this jewelry okay what Yeah, go ahead and buy it. Just one thing. Here's your bargaining chip. I'd like you to come to church with me. Come to church for a couple weeks. Get this hot outfit. No problem. But you see, there's something happens when we come into a meeting like this. I mean, the things, the good things that you've got here today. And just 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 the presence of the Lord will make a difference. So I challenge you, make this a commitment. Make this a commitment. Some of you are saying, Terry, it all sounds good what you're saying. It probably worked for a lot of people. But actually, if we went on a date or a getaway, we fight so much, we're at each other's throats, it wouldn't do any good. We'd just be fighting all the time. If that sounds like you, then you don't don't want to miss next week. Next week probably is the most important teaching of this three-part series. Because I'm going to talk about what do you do when you feel at your wit's end. When you don't even know if you're going to have a marriage in another six months. I want to share that with you next, next week. Hey, do you remember the story of David? Uh, he, he was a great musician. And as a, as, a, as a teenager, he was a great player of a harp. And when Saul would have a bad dreams or get depressed... David, young David, would come in and play music for Saul. And then a little later, you remember, it's the same David that withstood Goliath. Remember that story? Goliath is blaspheming the God of Israel, and David says, why don't somebody do something? And nobody responds, and David said, I'll do it with the Lord's help. I'll take on Goliath. And so he faces Goliath. Remember the story? Picks up the stone, twirls around, uh, lets it go, hits Goliath right in the opening here, and... uh, As Goliath fell over dead, he said, Wow, nothing ever entered my mind like this before as he lay there dead. And then, (laughs) read your Bible, folks. And then David takes a sword and cuts his head off. What was a highlight in David's life became a habit in his men, and in his children. Let me read this to you. The, the scripture will be up on the screen. You can see it. After David killed Goliath, the giant, the highlight of his life, now watch the habit. Abisha killed the Philistine. After this, there was another battle against the Philistines at Gob. Sebekiah killed Saph, another descendant of the giants. Ethelob, son of Jair from Bethlehem, killed the brother of Goliath in another battle with the Philistines at Gath they encountered a huge man with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot but when he defiled and taunted Israel he was killed by Jonathan the son of David's brother Shemaiah. these four Philistines look at this were descendants of the giants of Gath but David and his warriors killed them what was a highlight in David's life Became became a habit with the others Let me encourage you Go back in your relationship and remember that highlight That one event that was such a highlight in your marriage And you remember it to this day Then why don't you do something like that Or do some things along that line to create a habit, which used to be a highlight. Several years ago, it was Anita's birthday, and uh, I wanted to take her to Vegas. We wanted to go to some of the shows that were there. I'm not a gambler, so I didn't go to gamble. So I asked my friend, Joe Nolette. I said, Joe, you go all the time, so uh, what, what should I do? How should I do that? I want to surprise Anita for her birthday, and, and, and I want to take her. He said I tell you what he said I'm really good friends with the manager of the flamingo so he said I'll call ahead I'll have them to set aside a very nice room for you I'll have them to put arrangements in the room for Anita I will uh, uh, they will meet you at the door they will give you first-class service escort you up there uh, as as my guest as, as my friend so I told Anita I said I'm taking you away for your birthday where are you taking me oh I can't tell you it's a secret and, oh, and, and I told her the day that we were leaving, I didn't give her a chance to pack her suitcase. I packed her suitcase. Three negligees, doesn't take long. <laughs> no, I asked our daughter Kelly to help me pack the suitcase. So I picked her up at the other, the other building, and I said, we're, we're going away. I don't have my soup, I don't have my clothes. I said, it's all up. Then she worried all the way to Orlando Airport. Then we get ready to check in. I wouldn't let her go up the desk, but she saw the tag that said LAS. So she thought that was Lower Louisiana. <laughs> she didn't know where we were going until we, they said, you know, we're on our way to Vegas. Vegas. So we got to Vegas. I mean, the flamingo threw out everything, man, red carpet. Man, I'm telling you, that was a good trip for me. That was a highlight. Years after that, Anita played the same thing on me. But now she's not as good of a planner as I am. I mean, she can't even find her way to orlando without the gps okay and she's brilliant so she said uh well i'm going to take you away for a a night and we got everything ready where are you taking me oh it's a surprise i'll tell you you'll you'll know i'll tell you when we get there what are we gonna do when we get there oh it's a surprise i can't tell you right now so we get on the road and we're heading towards uh uh, heading towards daytona about halfway there she says to me uh, Where is that hotel that we stayed at before over there? <laughs> <laughs> How do we get there? So we get to the hotel, and we, and we check in. And I say, is, is this it? This is great. No, 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 this is just the beginning. I got tickets to a concert tonight. Oh, who? Well, you'll find out. So she gets me in the car, and we head to the auditorium, and it's one of my favorite people. I got a girl crush on her. I'm sorry. Lori Morgan. Some of you don't even know. If you don't know country music, you just went over your head. In fact, it's old country music right over your head. That's 25 years ago. But it was a highlight that since that time, we've done things that has become a habit. Not to that degree, because we always don't have the money to do that, but little things. But I'm asking you, what can you do to remember a highlight that you had that can become a habit because you know here's here's what else you'll see your kids that you're raising they'll see what you've done and how it's become a habit of you pursuing one another and they'll file that away in their mind and they'll say oh that's how you have a good relationship it's not just to find somebody that's got a hot body and a beautiful face or a fast car but if you find somebody, and you put God first, you put them second, and you never stop pursuing and making deposits into that marriage account. So when a crisis comes, so when I, so when I say something stupid, yeah, I do that. Not as. What are you laughing at, Patty? <laughs> Not as often as I used to. <laughs> but if I've made some deposits her love language is words and, and if I've made a deposit of saying some right words or maybe even an act of kindness then when I blow it the ATM in our marriage is not bankrupt maybe running low but it's not bankrupt make your relationship highlights a habit remember when you first gave your heart to the Lord remember the passion you had where have you dropped off pursuing him let's get back there every head bowed and every eye closed if you don't mind I want to tell you about a man by the name of Jesus. He specializes in loving the unlovable. Some of you are here today and you've never really felt like that anybody ever really loved you. You've compromised in a lot of areas to try to find love. But let me tell you how much that he loves you. He loves you so much even while you were yet a sinner he left the royalty of heaven born of a virgin conceived by the Holy Spirit without sin he lived a sinless life and he looked down through history and he saw this day when you would be here and you're carrying a load of sins nobody has to tell you what they are you're carrying them So he went to the cross, he died a shameful death, hanging there naked, bloody, bruised, and he says these words, it is finished. What he's saying to you is, it is finished. Because I love you so much, I've created a way that your past can be forgiven. You can have a purpose for your life today. And you can have a future with me in heaven. He didn't want to have heaven without you. And if you're here today and you're not a Christ follower, if you've never invited him into your heart, you can't get to heaven by just doing good works. You get to heaven by surrendering your life to Jesus. So today, while everyone is praying and thinking, thinking, And you're thinking, if you'd say, you know, Terry, I feel the Holy Spirit drawing me today to surrender my life to Jesus. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and make eye contact with me because I want to lead you in a prayer today. You don't want to miss this opportunity. You don't want to miss this opportunity to leave today with the peace of the Lord. Or maybe you say, you know what? Years ago, I used to have that great relationship with him, but I've let things crowd him out today, I want to pursue him. I want to push towards him. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you're sitting and make eye contact with me and say, that's me. Thank you, ma'am. Others today, thank you. Others today, just lift your hands and say, thank you. Just just lift your hands and say, that's me. Thank you. Others today, with these three that just raised their hands, say, yeah, that's me. Maybe somebody watching online today say, yeah, that's me. That's me today. Let me lead you in a prayer. Nobody should have to pray this prayer by themselves. Would you pray it with me? Father God, I repent today of my sins. And I pursue you because you've been pursuing me. So I give up. I can't find love anywhere else. So I invite you into my life to be my Lord. As best as I know how. I want to serve you all the days of my life. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are God and that you were raised from the dead so that I could have a fresh start. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life and we'd love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps are in your relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.